Hi, Cole here, creator and narrator of The Town Whispers. It's been a long summer, but the leaves once again fall, and with autumn comes longer nights that beg for darker tales. And to fill those long, cold evenings, I've launched a brand new podcast called Tiny Terrors. Tiny Terrors is a nostalgic horror anthology series that is as fun as it is dark. Join three friends as they delve into a forgotten corner of storytelling history and bring to light the darker depths yet still hidden in those often untraveled corners. Subscribe, listen, and review Tiny Terrors wherever you listen to podcasts. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. You should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Life is full of awesome what-ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at UH1.com. The Town Whispers is a horror podcast that will tell the many stories hidden behind the trees and the rain and the fog of the Pacific Northwest. Those whispers which are secrets are also keys to unlock doors which should otherwise stay shut. Those whispers which are ideas can infest your mind and make you do things without ever thinking why. And those whispers which can be poison are why listener discretion is advised. In a town as small as the fort, with his mouths as big as those on the sneering faces of less understanding neighbors, like those that learnt of, or thought they learnt of, Mildred LaPont's scandalous moonlit insanity, well, it doesn't take long until everyone is knowingly nodding at each other about, well, you know what. And of course, Mildred's husband, who doesn't really deserve a name, so will not receive one just yet, did not support her. Instead, his worries lay on minimizing the embarrassment suffered by his once prominent family. And Peggy LaPont, Mildred's youngest child, an only daughter who had seen her mother acting crazy and cackling in the moments before dawn, was left speechless. In the most literal sense, she would not speak. Not to her self-serving father. And not to her brothers. Even at the best of times, she only ever whispered in her mother's ear. Mildred, of course, thought it was cute. 
like all of Peggy's love was just for her. Peggy would come up and hug her leg, and Mildred would bend down. Peggy would cup her tiny soft hands around her ear and whisper so gently that it would tickle Mildred's earlobe, and Mildred would laugh and get Peggy whatever she wanted because, well, her daughter was the most precious thing in the world to her. But after that night, Peggy felt afraid of her mother, afraid to see her, afraid she'd still be covered in wet cobwebs and dirt. She was afraid she'd see her mom laughing hysterically in bed to the point where there was no noise but the clicking of her airless, suffocating throat. And, of course, Peggy's father had pushed her away from the room any time he saw her mustering the strength to go see her mother, who had not left her room since that morning. He would see Peggy hovering and give her a gruff, Leave her alone and push her in the opposite direction. What would be so terrible that she wasn't able to see her mother and whisper in her ear? I love you the most. That's all she wanted to do. Peggy just wanted to tell her mother she loved her and have her mother smile and touch the tip of Peggy's nose to hers before whispering back, No, I love you the most. Even if Peggy hadn't been stopped by her father, and even if the door hadn't been locked, she wasn't sure if she could walk through. She wasn't sure she could open her eyes and see her mother because she was afraid that what she'd see would not be her mom, but someone else. Someone different. And so Peggy went to bed, silently having said nothing to her father, who had given up on trying to speak to her ages ago, and having no one to tell her fears to, as they festered in her mind. Peggy sat on her bed. The springs in her mattress had a particular way of sticking and making an awful groan as they tore at the inside of the mattress, startling her as it struck her in the back. But she hadn't woken to the stinging pain of an unstuck spring in her back tonight. Something else had woken her. Peggy had slept with her window open. The damp air that rested along the ground outside her home had crept up the porch along the gutter, over the eaves and into her room. Her hot breath 
cast a cloud in front of her mouth that obscured her blurry, sleepy-eyed vision of the room. And there was something in the room with her. Piggy opened her eyes as wide as they would go, trying to see what was in her room. But nothing moved. Who's there? Piggy hoped she'd hear nothing back, but ordering whatever might be trying to scare her to reveal itself all the same. But still nothing. The room remained silent. There it was again. Her eyes slowly drifted over to the door. Her mother had made a habit of not quite closing it, letting a little light from the hallway filter in, so that Peggy wouldn't be afraid, but... Her mother was locked in her room, and so was Peggy, completely in the dark and alone. Peggy threw her ratty-worn blanket over her head. She held her breath for a moment before the thump, thump, thump of her heart pushed her breath out. And she inhaled again sharply, feeling the sting of the damp cold in the room hit the back of her teeth. Peggy tilted her head, slightly angling her ear to the door. raised on the back of her neck as a cold sweat fell across her forehead. Piggy dared not move. She dared not breathe. Her joints felt tense and aching and she felt her heart booming in her chest with fear. You are a child of whisper. I whisper too. I am a whisper. Will you whisper She tried to hold her breath so that she could hear just a little bit better, but she could hear her heart beating against the inside of her skull. Peggy's eyes closed tight and tears welled in the corners trickling down her cheeks. She should scream for her mom. She should scream now and her mom would come, but her mom wouldn't come. Her mother was locked in her room. Her mother was ill. Peggy was alone. Peggy should scream for her father then, but he'd be mad. He was always mad at her, mad that she wouldn't speak, mad that she wouldn't play, mad that she was born. He hated her and she felt it. Peggy was alone, with no one to protect her. What is a whisper? Peggy asked knowing what a whisper was, but not knowing how a whisper could be a thing that spoke to her without being spoken by someone or something else. I am a whisper. But what is a whisper? I can be your friend or your secret. I can tell you 
Whisper did not speak to Peggy. Not at first. She sat under the covers and began to wonder if she had dreamt it all. And it wouldn't be the first time. She'd often had weird dreams and even when she was awake she'd heard bumping in the night and creaking walls in the day. It unsettled her father when she'd stare down an empty hallway or suddenly jump and look out the window. But her mother had found it adorable like everything else about her. Maybe it was all a dream. Maybe it was just a silly dream and she should go to bed and she should shut her... This was not a dream. silent room was filled with the skittering and scampering of tiny dust bunnies in the night. A legion of night crawlers that filled Peggy's room in the hall outside. She could feel the buzzing of them. They grew and multiplied. They swarmed and fluttered all around her like moths drunk on light, flapping and colliding with one another. The blanket over her head fluttered back and forth like leaves in the wind and she grasped the beaten and well-loved blanket in her tiny hands and tucked it under her feet and pressed the edges behind her down with her hands. The buzzing became a drone that shook her teeth and her eyes burst into tears out of fear. What was happening? Peggy had no idea, but... She knew she'd done something. She knew her friend, which was most definitely not a friend and absolutely not a dream. She knew this nightmare was not a nightmare, but actually happening, and it had done something. It had tricked her somehow. And then the calamity of the darkness and the night-crawling dust bunnies that flooded her room outside her blanket rose in a crescendo, and what sounded like crashing cymbals or... body of a man hitting the floor 
knocking chairs over, settled the house into its usual nightly silence once more. Peggy's face was wet with tears. She was too afraid to move, too afraid to see what had happened, too afraid to see what she had done. But what had she done? Slowly, Peggy pulled the blankets off her face, consumed by the curiosity of the noise downstairs. She listened, angling her ear to the door. She couldn't hear the soft padding of feet. Familiar padding. Padding of her mother's feet? Peggy jumped off her bed, smiling ear to ear, and ran out in the hallway. And she saw her mother walking down the hallway, and then past Peggy and down the stairs. She wasn't excited to see Peggy. She hadn't hugged her or bent down to listen to Peggy whisper in her ear that she loved her the most. No, Mildred, Peggy's mother, quietly walked down the stairs. Peggy, determined to get her mother's attention, forgetting all about what had just happened and about the noise, ran up behind her mother and pulled at her nightgown, but... Instead of pulling her back, instead of Mildred turning around and hugging her daughter, she pulled Peggy along with her, down the creaking and groaning stairs and into the living room. Her mother stopped abruptly. Finally, Peggy thought, as she hugged her mother's leg and cried. And she cried a good long while, too, long enough to soak the nightdress in a large patch around her face. Peggy was... So happy to have her mother back. So happy to hug her and touch her. She'd missed her mother. She'd been so afraid, but she knew now that she had nothing to be afraid of. Her mother was the same she'd always been, the same. Mildred reached down and grabbed Peggy by the hair, twisting her wrist and wrapping the fine, long hair that fell from Peggy's head around her fingers. She balled her hand and tore Peggy's face away from her and held her at arm's length ripping Peggy's arms from embracing her leg. Peggy threw her hands up and grabbed her mother's hand, her face contorted in pain, and then Mildred threw her forward. Peggy put her hands in front of her face to brace against the stiff wooden floor, but instead of cracking her elbows against wood, she fell onto something warm and soft. Peggy jumped back, Her eyes wouldn't focus at first, the tears and darkness obscuring what it was she'd fallen on. But as her eyes adjusted, Peggy stood frozen in place. She saw his toes first, broken and bent out of shape, and stuck in place. Her father lay on the floor, Bent and twisted like a wilted leaf, his eyes were red and dark and lifeless, and from his mouth flowed a foul-smelling puddle of dark brown pus. His hair was ripped violently from the scalp, but still half-hanging, clinging to skin that had come with the hair like a hangnail torn too low, and his body... Oh, God, oh... God, his body was covered in hundreds... No, thousands of 
little teeth marks. Good evening, neighbors. How was it? Are you feeling less assured that your homes will keep you safe? That your dreams are really dreams and not the spells of immortal beings who aim to push and pull you like a paper doll being tossed in the wind? It's an important lesson to learn, but I'm sure you're safe, right? Next episode, we will be taking a break from the LaPont family, because there are other townsfolk I want to introduce you to. So, you'll have to sit tight for a while to find out what terrible grand designs the long shadows have for the LaPont family. You didn't think their suffering was over just yet, did you? Trust me when I say, there are many players moving chess pieces around the quaint and quiet little chessboard known as the fort, and next week, you'll learn the name of another sacrificial pawn. Today's episode was written and performed by Cole Weavers. Sound production and editing by Matt Black. Our theme song is by Charlie Pierce Smith. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram and on Twitter at The Town Whispers. And if you'd like to help the town council, perhaps patch the church roof, or condemn the old LaPont Manor, or perhaps build a mausoleum for the ones who will never die consider supporting our wonderful little town, which is nothing but pleasant, even when you are unable to sleep because of the screams echoing from the bog. You can do so by visiting our town hall at patreon.com slash the town whispers. For a few dollars a month, you'll gain the knowledge that has been nibbled from your mind by the worms whispered by sleep and find records written by the founders of our humble little monstrosity of a town. You might even find a relic or two in your mailbox on occasion. For more information on the show, head on over to www.thetownwhispers.com. Bridges. I'm the one with the loaded gun in the 